1: And I also have a couple of JDs because I have an interest in tax and analytics, and I also have a master's degree in intellectual property laws because I have a technical background as a systems engineer, and so I studied up on that area. As a result of my training, experience, and interest, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management issues, estates and trusts, real estate and taxation law. I'm happy to say once again that I'm so pleased to be able to come to you today from the beautiful KFAC Studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial issues confronting families and small business owners. And once again, I have to note that this show does not provide legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead this show serves strictly as an educational forum for the exchange of information and ideas that might be helpful to help you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and to provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you as you seek out qualified professional help. This week I want to continue our discussion of the two major bankruptcies that are all over the news today. They are Sears Holding Company, which filed in the Southern District of New York on October 15, 2018, and is trying its best to stave off a complete liquidation with a buyout bid at an auction from a hedge fund owner and, uh, who is owned and controlled by Sears' former chief executive officer, some of Sears' creditors say that it was under his leadership and some of the decisions that he made to buy and sell assets that put Sears on shaky ground in the first place. And the other key bankruptcy is one that's near and dear to anyone that lives in Northern California, and that's the fact that Pacific Gas and Electric Company the major utility here in Northern California, has done its required disclosure and telling everyone it intends to file bankruptcy. And it had to give us the heads up based on a new California law that was drafted by California State Senator Bill Dodd, who's a Democrat from Napa, and his law that he drafted and was approved took effect the 1st of January of this year. And it includes a couple of novel provisions, one requiring that all public and all private and any one of PG&E's stakeholders be given at least 15 days' notice before that company can seek the protection of the bankruptcy court. That's so it, its employees and state regulators aren't caught off guard by a surprise bankruptcy the new law also freezes for at least 6 months the utility's ability to potentially lay off workers after it files for bankruptcy and requires that any move to reduce pg&e's workforce first has to be reviewed and approved by the california public utilities commission in sum the new law is intended to provide employees creditors and state regulators as well as the California legislature the maximum amount of transparency about an upcoming bankruptcy. And it is, according to the senator, aimed at protecting employees and improving how the utilities, any utility, that is to say, but specifically specific gas and electric company, how the utilities and the state government responds to wildfires which have devastated Northern California the last two years. So in light of these two major cases, I thought they would help to lay a good foundation for us to return to the subject of bankruptcy because these cases illustrate the myriad of parties and the complexities that may befall even a small to medium-sized business that I see in my practice and that you might encounter if your business falls on hard times and might need to file bankruptcy. So let's look at some of the issues confronting Sears. While it looks like Sears' former CEO, Edward Lampert, and his ESL investment group put up enough new funds in addition to the funds he credit bid for his claim to Sears. When someone wants to buy out an entity in bankruptcy and the entity owes, the entity that wants to buy it out and say the entity owes a million dollars, the company that wants to buy and that is owed money, it can credit bid. So this is mostly seen in mortgages where... um, Bank of the X is going to foreclose on you and they say you owe it $500,000 and your property is worth $1 million. It wants to buy the property from you. It doesn't have to come up with $1 million. It has to come up with $500,000 because it's going to credit bid the amount of debt you owe it. And so that's what Lampert did. He credit bid. The part that um, Sears owed him, and he put money on top of it, coming up to a total sum of five point two, five point three billion dollars. Now I to put a pin in this again. The creditors don't like this because they say some of the decisions that Lamport made when he was, you know, the chief honcho at Sears, he would end up selling the assets. And he would be the person that bought the assets and he would have a lien and he would be owed funding for that. And so they say this is kind of a hinky deal. So I, I just wanted to you know, basically tell you what a credit bid was. So in addition to the funds he and his entity credit bid for its claimed Sears owed funds to it in its capacity as a creditor as part of the deal, Sears' other creditors have retained the right to sue Mr. Lampert and ESL over his past deals while he was at the helm of Sears, and that the creditors claim some of the things he did ultimately led to the demise of Sears. For example, creditors claim, in essence, that Mr. Lampert may have succumbed to a conflict of interest where he and his fund spun off some of Sears' most valuable assets, such as the land's end mark that Sears bought, and some of its most valuable real estate to an entity that's owned and controlled by Mr. Lampert and his hedge fund. So how might a situation occur in a small business case? Okay, a small business owner, such as you or I, seeking the protection of the bankruptcy court, to give us the time to reorganize or liquidate, we might find ourselves being sued by one or more of our creditors under one or more of the provisions of the bankruptcy code dealing with issues such as fraud, embezzlement, or breach of our duty as a fiduciary to our company or to others. For example, say I run Selwyn Small Business CPA, I've been handling Joe the plumber's books and preparing his tax returns for the past 12 years. I'm also a signatory on Joe's bank account because he trusts me and because he's too busy, you know, plunging toilets to pay his bills each month. So I do that. In addition to paying myself first for the legitimate work that I do for Joe, I've also been stealing a few hundred dollars each month when uh, Joe gets a large project. So over the course of the last 12 years, I've pilfered nearly $200,000. Then Joe decides to get ill and have to have surgery, and he can't work for a few months. And with no money coming in, he hears Selwyn's Law and He decides to call Sellen's Law to find out what he can do to keep his business from going under because he wants to leave it to his two daughters. So Joe consults with and hires good gal, Gail, bankruptcy lawyer, whose first job is to go uh, do a thorough review of Joe's books and records and finds a paper trail of embezzlement by Selwyn's CPA firm. So after she files Joe's bankruptcy and goes through the initial requirements, Gail files a bankruptcy adversary proceeding against Selwyn CPA, seeking the return of the $200,000 and other damages alleging fraud, embezzlement, and that Selwyn has breached her fiduciary duty to Joe. So that's how something that we see in the news every day can be narrowed down and scaled down to small business owner. So I'm going to take a break for a few minutes, and when I come back, I'll continue our discussion looking at Sears and PG&E.
0: Wealthy or not, if you have loved ones depending on you, you need a properly crafted will and estate plan. Protect your assets and your loved ones with help from the law services of Selwyn Whitehead, the Bay Area attorney whose expertise is sought by families and small businesses throughout Northern California. Selwyn can help you prepare the necessary documents and avoid potential consequences you might not have considered. For a free one-hour consultation, call 888-599-0504 or click selwynwhitehead.com.
1: Struggling with mounting debt? Make the best of a difficult situation by counting on the law services of Selwyn Whitehead, the Bay Area attorney whose expertise is sought by families and small businesses throughout Northern California. Selwyn can help you manage your debt through debt restructuring or bankruptcy and can help you deal with the IRS. For a free one-hour consultation, call 888-599-0504 or click selwynwhitehead.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code.
0: Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead.
1: Well, welcome back. And this is Selwyn Whitehead. We're going to continue our discussion of the parallel issues that we might find in both large and small bankruptcies, dealing with large and small businesses. So I I share with you before the break how, you know, using Sears as an example, how one of the owners uh, of a company might be sued, but that reverse is also true, Um, an entity, a fiduciary of a company might be sued. So let's continue looking at Sears. So, also, Sears has nearly 90,000 employees that are covered by pension plans that are underfunded by $1.4 billion. That's billion with the B, uh, leaving them only 64% funded. As such, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, also known as PBGC, is a party to Sears' bankruptcy case. And it is taking steps to assume responsibility for the bankrupt retailers to existing underfunded pension plans. So let's stop right there and discuss what the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation is. It is an entity of the United States of America. It's a federally chartered corporation. And it was created by the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, also known as ERISA. Its purpose is to encourage the the continuation and maintenance of voluntary, privately defined benefits, that is to say pension plans, for individuals who work for private entities it also provides timely and uninterrupted payment of pension benefits and it keeps a pension insurance company so it it actually is an insurance company that is there to guarantee and insure private um pensions and so the owner of the pension pra- pays uh, the owner of the company that has the pension pays premiums Same way you or I would make a premium for our our house or for uh, workman comp uh, benefits, the owners of the businesses pay into this fund. And what happens is if the entity with the pension goes sideways, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation steps in to take over the pensions and um, Basically, try to assure that there's continuity such that the pension person, the person who's going to receive the pension, is not left high and dry. So, um, it's the, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. It's a single employee insurance company program, and it pays individuals uh, who retire at 65. They're guaranteed to pay up to 67. a year. That's for year 2018. And the benefits are also payable to insured retirees who start their benefits at age 65 or who elect survivor coverage. So the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation is the civilian version of Social Security, but the employers pay into the pool to make it happen. So because um, Sears's pension plans, there's two of them involved at least, are underfunded, this governmental agency, quasi-governmental agency, is going to step up and pay those pensions. But it's also going to go after Mr. Lampert and his hedge fund seeking the $1.4 billion that's underfunded. So we're likely going to see litigation surrounding that also as part of of Sears' bankruptcy. You know, so what does that have to do with you out there? Well, if you're big enough to be paying premiums into the pension benefit guarantee corporation um, and you go belly up, there's going to be uh, a review of your pensions to make sure that they're adequately funded. But some businesses are not big enough for this. But they might have um, IRAs or SEP IRAs or 401Ks that they take out in the name of their uh, employees. And as such, for those kind of small business owners, there's a PG, PBGC-like oversight entity uh, that comes out of the Department of Labor, and they will... Take a look at any IRAs or SEP IRAs or 401ks or other small business control pension like vehicles to make sure that the owners have not and do not abscond with their employees' pensions when the businesses seek protection of the bankruptcy court. So that's just to show you that. Just again, just about anything that can happen in a large bankruptcy is scaled down somewhat uh, for a small business bankruptcy. And these are things that you need to consider uh, when you consider filing for bankruptcy. And it's not that you need to be afraid of these things. If you are an honorable, honest, individual, small business owner, these are just things that you need to know about. You shouldn't be fearful of them because you're not going to be you know, like like Selwyn uh, CPA, who's you know stealing money from her client. You you wouldn't do such a thing, but I'm just here to tell you that if you do, there's going to be oversight. So that's Sears. So how does a business find herself going into bankruptcy, and 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 what are some of the issues that PG&E might have? Um, so. PG&E. I, I pulled this article from Market Watch. Um, PG&E has gotten 5.5 billion in DIP financing to fund its operations going through bankruptcy. So, what is DIP financing? That's debtor in possession financing, and it's a court-supervised and approved process and procedure where, say, one or more of a company who's already in bankruptcy or contemplating going into bankruptcy, it might go out to its existing creditors and ask them to fund the process of going through bankruptcy. And you say, well, why would why would a, a, a bank or another company be willing to do this? First off, the company's in bankruptcy or going into bankruptcy anyway because it's under financial distress and duress, as it might call it. And so if the company folds, those existing creditors are going to lose out anyway, unless they have some kind of security interest that uh, will guarantee their repayment. However, if the business is able to make it through to get through bankruptcy and come out reorganized Uh, through the other side, or if they're going to liquidate it, if they can liquidate as a going concern as opposed to a a piecemeal, the creditor will reap the benefit in two ways. First off, maybe it'll get its initial investment back or as much of it as possible. But for the part that's financed, uh, the debtor possession part, it's higher up on the food chain And it will step over other creditors, maybe even some secured creditors, and it will be not guaranteed, but it will be more likely to get this new investment back as it comes off the top. And that's why uh, debtor-in-possession financing makes sense inside bankruptcy. So how does that affect a small business owner? Well, you're not likely to have access to these credit facilities unless you... Uh, have a uh, a good track record and your, your prospects are bright. So how does a small business person get debtor and possession financing? It's through self-funding. And it has to do, in my opinion, with the fact that the small business debtor realizes it's in financial difficulty, realizes it, it early and seeks out qualified professional help before it taps all of its resources and depletes money from its friends and family. So what do I mean by that? Most of the time when when small business owners or families, for that matter, run on financial hard times, they borrow money from mom and grandma, maybe the money that they were going to be left in an inheritance because they think that's the only thing that can save them. Although some of this money, if they left it where it is, could be exempted in the bankruptcy. So if you come and seek out professional help from people like myself at the first instance of financial distress, you are more likely to be able to self-fund your bankruptcy then if you wait until you've tapped out all of your personal savings, all of your family's personal savings, you sold as many assets as you could, and now you're going to be on the hook for those assets that you sold while you were in financial distress because it might look like you made a, an unlawful transfer. So I'm going to leave it there for now, uh, and we'll continue our discussion looking at small versus um, large bankruptcies. So till next time, I want to once again tell you to have a happy new year and to always stay on the right side of the law.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead.